It doesn't have to be like this drastic thing where all of a sudden you're the most vocal person in the room. It just needs to be small step after small step consistently, one foot in front of the other. You're being hired for your thinking and your perspectives and what you know in your brain. And the more that you are able to bring those out powerfully in meetings, in interactions with other people, and the squeakier of a wheel that you're able to be, the more effective you will be at leading. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here, and now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. It is so good to be here. It is so good to have you listening. I'm so excited because today I'm talking about professional advancement and elevating up into bigger and higher roles. And I just get really excited about that. I feel like I have a lot of excitement around the topic of communication skills. I think that excites my nerdy side. But the topic of advancement and rising in your career just ignites this other spark in me that just feels so joyful and like so expansive. So I'm, I just, I feel really good about this episode and I'm excited to talk more about this topic for those of you who are either really in a mindset where advancing and I hate the phrase corporate ladder. I, I use the term Ferris wheel and I'll link to <laughs> the episode where I explain what that is. But for those of you who want to climb the ladder or advance through the corporate Ferris wheel, I really want to support you with the tools to do that, whether you're in a place where it's something you know you want or whether you're just toying with the idea and it feels scary and you're thinking, well, maybe I want it, but it still kind of feels hard to be in meetings and I still question myself. So how am I supposed to advance? This is still for you because the more you can normalize the possibility of growth and the more you can confront your desire for growth, even if it feels scary and even if it brings up some fears, then the more and more ready you will begin to be to acknowledge that it's important to you and to begin pursuing it because there's so much in your power, which you're going to hear throughout this episode, there's so much in your power that you can do not only to accelerate this process of advancing, but to grow your confidence by showing yourself that you are the one in charge. I think we put so much power in the hands of our employer, in the hands of our boss, in the hands of all the external infrastructure around us. And we put way too little power in ourselves. And when you start to realize how much power you have to impact the trajectory of your career and what position you get next and how much money you make and what path you're on, when you realize how much power you have to do that, everything changes. I love watching this shift happen with my clients who have never before proactively pursued a promotion, proactively pursued a raise, proactively positioned themselves for the thing they want. And they do it for the first time and they get the yes. And this thing just clicks in their brain that like, oh my gosh, I did that. Like I didn't have to wait around. Someone else didn't do it for me. I decided I want it. 
I took the action and then it happened. And that feeling of agency is priceless and it is such a powerful catalyst for your confidence. It just creates, it does create an upward spiral for so many women because them seeing that they were able to initiate that and take ownership of that process and get that outcome helps them see themselves in a new way. So as you can tell, I'm excited about this topic and I haven't introduced myself yet and we're already a few minutes into the episode. So let me tell you who I am if you're new. And hi, (laughs) by the way, I'm Jess. I'm the creator of this podcast, and I used to have a career in the corporate space. I did corporate strategy for many years, and I actually loved it. I loved my corporate career. I was not one of those people that was like, I can't wait to quit my job and make my side hustle full time because I hate corporate. I loved corporate. I loved the work that I did. I loved the visibility. I loved the problem solving. I loved my teams. I loved being around people. I loved the corporate world. But I launched this show in 2018 because I felt really passionately about opening up more of an honest dialogue about some of the challenges and struggles that women face in the workplace because they felt like there was a lot of fake career advice out there that was talking about surface level stuff, but not the deeper emotional stuff. And as someone who experienced a lot of deep and unpleasant emotional struggle in my career, I just felt like this needed to be talked about and normalized and explored. So I started this show while I was still in corporate with that goal in mind. And as the show became more part of my life and as my passion for the show grew and grew, I realized that I wanted to take the show full time. (laughs) And I knew that if I never did that, I would just be curious about it forever. So I knew that, that the time had come. And last year, In 2021, in early 2021, I left my corporate job, I took my podcast full time, I took my coaching business full time, and now this is what I do. I podcast, I work with my clients both one-on-one and through my group coaching program to help them find their voice, become super confident, emerge as leaders. And I really have a gift and a specialty for supporting women who are similar in terms of like their internal world and their internal landscape to me and to how I was through many phases of my corporate career and and who I still am today, which is very ambitious and very talented, but also very self-critical, very sensitive, dealing with a lot of fears around being seen and being judged and being heard. I deeply understand that struggle because it's a struggle that I experienced in quite an intense and profound way still bubbles up in my life in different places and contexts. And it's something that I'm really passionate about because what I've seen through my own growth and through my clients and through this show and through this incredible community is that we can grow through this. While life never quote unquote gets easy, and I don't believe there's just like this point we get to where like everything's downhill and smooth and easy. I do believe that we can overcome our challenges one by one and that some of the things that used to feel hard or difficult or intolerable or impossible to us can become simpler and easier to navigate and less scary and less big. And 
I love helping women walk through that process of having something in their professional life that feels big and scary and difficult to handle and helping you learn to manage it and get through it and get to the other side of it because who you become in that process is priceless. You become a version of you that is stronger, more confident, more resilient, more self compassionate. And to me, there's nothing more rewarding than watching that happen. That just brings me so much pleasure and so much joy. And so let's get into the episode now that I've told you about me. And let's talk about the four steps to help prepare you for leadership and executive roles. And I really, really think that what I'm sharing here is applicable regardless of what level you're at within your career or within your company. Those of you who listen to this show, it's I have a beautifully diverse audience, all different industries and levels and backgrounds. And what I'm sharing with you, I think applies to literally everyone. Because whether you're already in a leadership role and you're trying to get to a higher one, or whether you are entering into a leadership and management role for the first time, you are either going to need to build these skills or make them better for whatever your next step is. So I have have four steps, four areas that you want to focus on, and these are very tangible action steps. So I know a lot of the times on the show, I talk to you about the difference between skills and tangible behavioral shifts, and then mindset and inner work. So we are in the skills bucket right now. So we are talking about the very tangible, concrete things Not so much like the inner work on confidence and believing in yourself. Now, (laughs) the inner work on confidence and believing yourself is extremely important when it comes to pursuing leadership and management and executive roles. So I'm going to cover that in its own episode. And this episode is specifically on like the very tactical, more surface level skills that are incredibly important. So this stuff matters a lot, but it's not the full picture but I'm gonna share more of the full picture and continue to complete this picture for you in future episodes. So I'm gonna run through them and talk a little bit about why they matter. For some of them, I'm gonna talk a little bit about why you might be avoiding this or why it might feel scary to do what I'm suggesting you do so that you can better understand the challenge and find that motivation within you to change some of your behaviors and to take up more space and to show up bigger so that you can be the person that when that opportunity to step up into a bigger role or a bigger project finally comes up for you, you feel ready because you've been challenging yourself all along. So think of challenging yourself today and exiting your comfort zone today as doing a gift and a favor for your future self who is going to feel more secure once she finally has that opportunity to advance upwards because she's been challenging herself and fortifying her confidence all along versus avoiding scary things all along and then having this new exciting opportunity come up but then feeling really wobbly and shaky and not ready for it. So here we go. This first one is so important, and I know this would have made a past version of me feel really cringy and annoyed, and you'll understand why when I tell you what it is, but the first step or the first piece to this is to focus 
equally on relationships and developing and deepening professional relationships as much as you focus on execution and the quality of your work. So when we start our careers, we're there to execute, we're asked to get things done. And I think that's great because that's what we should do when we're just starting out. But as you get into leadership roles and management roles and executive roles, execution is only a small part of the picture and a much bigger part of the picture. And I would argue often a more important part of the picture are your relationships. As the work that you do becomes more complex and as the future of your career depends more and more on your reputation and other people agreeing to support you and other people making decisions to support you, relationships are going to drive both the success of your work and also your career progression as much as the execution and work that you do. And these relationships apply in all directions, right? There's going to be the relationships with your peers, the people who are at the same level. There's going to be the relationships with people who are at a more tenured level than you in your organization and also your relationships with your team members, right? As all of those different relationships get strengthened, you become more and more functional and more and more of a higher value add in your role. And one thing that I'll say, which I don't think we talk about often enough, is human beings, we're inherently relational. We are wired to bond with each other, to develop relationships, to get to know each other. This is why, like, if you, you know, if you know about a job opening, you're going to think about, like, a friend before you would just think about a random person that you don't know to recommend for it, right? So we're we're socially inclined and socially oriented. And so this is why then as your relationships strengthen, it becomes easier for for you to develop a strong reputation and get things done. So think about it. When you have a really strong relationship with your team and the people who support you, they're going to do higher quality work and feel much more motivated and much more taken care of in their position on your team. When you have a good relationship with your peers, it's going to be a lot easier to get cross-functional work done, right? Because you're going to have that interpersonal relationship. They're going to have that affinity for you. And when you have a strong relationship with leaders and those who are more experienced than you in your organization, they're going to be incentivized to create opportunities for you to pull you into opportunities and to support you when you get stuck or when you need executive support and buy-in. Now, (laughs) the reason that I said that this would have made me cringe is because when I was very insecure about myself and kind of like sort of just felt like a loser to sum it up concisely, relationships terrified me, right? Like when you think something is wrong with you and you have that insecurity and that fear, which is so normal and so human, by the way, it makes you want to hide. You don't want to develop relationships. You don't want to put your human self out there to be evaluated and judged. And I think that that fear and that doubt can really orient you towards overly focusing on execution and then under investing in relationships. And as you get into leadership roles, your work is going to become more complex and your advancement is going to be more heavily correlated with your reputation and your reputation is heavily correlated with your relationships. So in order to have success, like I said, both in terms of execution and in terms of professional advancement, you're going to need to have a really solid network of deep relationships that you nurture. 
I know it can be uncomfortable, but this is one of those catch-22s where when you feel insecure and so you avoid connection and you avoid investing in relationships and thinking of that as an important part of your job, it just keeps you in the story of isolation and alienation. But when you challenge that and you actually do the uncomfortable thing of nurturing and developing professional relationships, you start breaking out of that story and you start seeing like, oh, people aren't freaking out like when you put something extra on their calendar to connect with them, right? Oh, like people like working with you. Like no one hates you. Everything's fine. We can just get really exaggerated and really kind of distorted in our minds in terms of like what other people think of us and um, what kind of response we'll get if we reach out to other people. And when we avoid doing those things because we have these scary stories in our mind of like what they think about us and what will happen, the stories just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Whereas when you actually just go out and do the scary thing, reach out to the person, schedule time with the person, right? Whatever feels authentic to you to develop and nurture a professional relationship. When you finally do that, it it kind of like bursts that scary bubble of horror that just keeps growing in your mind. So you can almost think of action as something that like bursts the bubble of terror and fear, especially when the terror and fear is not based on something real. So, so much of the fear and doubt that you experience in your role is based on things that exist in your mind and not things that exist out there in the real world. And I don't say that to diminish the fear, and this isn't true of all fears, it's only true of some fears, but I say that to help you understand that sometimes taking the action that your fear is telling you not to take is the thing that makes the fear go away. And I find with relationships and connecting with people, in a professional environment and making that little extra effort is really one where like once you do it, you realize that everything is going to be okay. And you also realize how much it benefits you and that incentivizes you to want to do it more. So number one is focus on relationships as much as you focus on execution. Number two, this is one that comes up with a lot of my clients. This is such a fun one. Number two is what I call the squeaky wheel. So you need to become a squeaky wheel. So what is the definition of a squeaky wheel? A squeaky wheel is someone who is pretty vocal about what they need, who isn't going to shy away from asking for the things that they want, who's going to pretty freely give feedback and suggestions. And as you elevate into leadership roles, your opinion and your ability to catalyze change matters much more than just your ability to execute. So if you think of, let's say, an assembly line where widgets are being made and you're an individual contributor on the assembly line and it's just your job to help make the widgets, you just do the same thing over and over. But as you're in leadership positions, you're watching everyone else make the widgets, right? So as a leader, if you see like, oh my God, something's wrong on the assembly line, you have to say something about it, right? Because when you're just an individual contributor and like you see one little thing wrong on the assembly line, it's not always your responsibility to bring it up. And if you don't bring it up, the impact isn't gonna be as big. But if you're in the position of watching the entire assembly line and seeing all the widgets, and you're like, oh, I see problems in like seven different places, right? You have so much potential to bring that to the surface and help those get solved. And in fact, 
that becomes part of your job. Your job is less about just making widget after widget and more stepping back and zooming out and looking at the entire assembly line and being like, where can we make this better? How can we improve this? How can I help my team get better at making widgets? And so when you choose to speak up or not speak up, it has a much bigger impact on the output and the quality of what you and your team and your coworkers are doing together. And being a squeaky wheel is a step beyond just speaking up in meetings, right? It means that you're always there to find the solution and you're always there to look for how you can be contributing. That's why it's so important to like build that basic level of comfort in speaking up because you're going to want that as a foundation for then when you have more responsibility because when you have more responsibility you need to be surfacing both problems and solutions with greater commitment and it's it's much more a part of your job than it is when you're below a leadership level or still at an individual contributor level. And the idea of being a squeaky wheel here is not just in terms of identifying ways to do your job better, ways for your team to do their job better, ways to just continue to create solutions in whatever it is you do in your company, but it's also a squeaky wheel in terms of advocating for your ideas and perspectives and positions. And so as you are more and more senior, a lot of what you do is going to be influencing people and getting people to agree with what you think should be done next, right? It's less about someone's gonna say, go do this, and then you do that thing, and it's more gonna be about you saying, we should try this new thing. And in doing that, you're gonna need to influence people, you're gonna need to win people over, and you're gonna need to be a squeaky wheel for your own perspectives and your own ideas. So you're gonna need to be able to, with a lot of certainty and confidence, defend your perspective, defend your idea, defend what you think should be done next. And again, that requires this foundational capacity to get more comfortable with your voice so that you can be a squeaky wheel and you can be more of a fierce advocate for the things that are important to you, which is why it's so important to just practice speaking up now at whatever level you're at, because the more comfortable you get with your voice and having a presence in meetings and sharing, the more of a broad radius you're going to have in terms of speaking up in bigger ways, right? So in terms of advocating for what you believe is true and defending what you believe is true and using the skill of assertiveness when it's necessary and jumping in even in situations where maybe you're not the expert, maybe you don't have all the answers, but you have a really strong inclination that there's something important that needs to be raised. So as the projects get bigger, as the stakes get get higher, your voice and your perspective becomes more important. It is what you are being hired for. You're being hired for your thinking and your perspectives and what you know in your brain. And the more that you are able to bring those out powerfully in meetings, in interactions with other people, and the squeakier of a wheel that you're able to be, the more effective you will be at leading. And I know this can be a challenging one. And I know it can be scary to expose yourself and This is why it is so important 
to practice now and to find all of the places where you can take those tiny little micro steps to just contribute a little more than you normally would. It doesn't have to be like this drastic thing where all of a sudden you're the most vocal person in the room. It just needs to be small step after small step consistently one foot in front of the other. That is how change happens and people get stuck because they assume that change should look really drastic and dramatic, and that's just not true. Think about a period of a year and how many meetings you're in in a year and how you would feel different if you took one small step in every single one of those meetings. Not a huge step, just a tiny step. A year from now, you'll have taken potentially thousands of tiny steps. And psychologically, and in terms of who you are, you're going to be a different version of yourself. You're going to be a different person. So on your journey to becoming a squeaky wheel, just find a small step, a small place where you can practice and trust that that's going to help you develop the comfort to use your voice more freely, to use your voice more openly, so that as you get into leadership positions, you are you feel much more comfortable advocating, you feel much more comfortable pointing out problems, you feel much more comfortable interrupting people and maybe explaining why what someone is doing doesn't quite make sense, right? Like you got to get in there and like show people what you think is true. And sometimes they don't agree. And sometimes they don't see your perspective, right? So it's like, you're getting in there, you're getting a little messy, you're like, you're not like hustling, but you're kind of like really putting yourself into that conversation. And there isn't as much fear or as much of a wall up around doing that. And it'll help you do your job so much more effectively, and it'll help you feel so much more in control in your job. When you struggle to advocate for yourself and share your ideas and speak up, it can lead you to feeling out of control in your job because you tend to just receive what people are telling you and you don't share your opinion and you don't push back and you don't make corrections when you know something isn't going to work or it's going to take too long. So you start just taking on everyone else's directions and perspectives and you start to feel really out of control. But when you become a squeaky wheel and when you get more comfortable advocating, defending, being assertive, and by the way, none of those things have to be aggressive, right? They can all be very authentic and genuine to your values. But when you get comfortable doing those things, you regain control, right? Because if someone's saying in a meeting, okay, this project's going to take a month and you're a critical part of that project and you know your piece isn't going to take a month, you can speak up and say something and save yourself and possibly your team so much suffering. So like this matters so much and it's so important. Don't put pressure on yourself to like figure it out instantly, but just commit to one tiny step in every single meeting towards becoming more and more of a squeaky wheel. Okay, the next step is to pursue messy situations. This is so important. I think some of us, and myself included, we are control freaks. We like things to be in order. We like things to be simple. We don't like things to be messy. But the way that you distinguish yourself as a leader and the way that you show your colleagues and your manager and the leaders at your company that you are ready and have the capacity to really thrive in a leadership role is by having the ability to clean up messes and to be in messy situations and projects and meetings and still be able to drive strong results and good outcomes. 
So as you rise into leadership positions, everything just gets messier. You have to deal with more people stuff. Like I said, like relationships are going to matter more. Project complexity goes up. There are new problems that now become your responsibility to solve. And I think so often messes and messy things and chaos can really trip us up. And I think some of that comes from a subtle lack of confidence or a feeling that maybe we don't have the competence to handle it, right? That can make chaos and disorganized things feel really, really overwhelming. But it's so important to build that trust with yourself that you can navigate messes and that you can navigate and execute through the hardest and trickiest projects and situations, because that's what you're going to be expected to do as you elevate. And when you don't work on anything big or messy or just like extra challenging, you don't have as much of like a playground to show people what you can do, right? So if you're a gymnast and you're trying to show people all the things you can do, the more different gymnast equipment pieces you have, the more tricks you can show them, right? And so if you're trying to show people how you can lead in a role that you're not in yet, but you're trying to demonstrate that you can thrive and excel in, then you have to find things that mimic the capacity that you're going to need in that role. And one of the ways that you do that is through messy, complicated things and through throwing yourself into those things and being committed to getting results and cleaning up the mess. And I personally recommend just finding joy or trying to find joy in messy situations and learning to fall in love with the challenge of collaborating with other people and learning to fall in love with the challenge of problem solving. There's, like I said, a big element of trusting yourself that you can do it, but also of recognizing that this is a puzzle that not only are you capable of solving, but that is also going to distinguish you and position you for the next thing. And so if you find yourself avoiding the hard things or the messy things or trying to keep things really controlled and simple, um, just think think about where you're headed next in your career and think about whether there's value in stretching yourself and taking on something messy, something ambiguous, something you haven't done before, something that feels hard. And ask yourself, what do I have to believe to know that I can get this done? Because if you can develop that muscle now of stepping into something big and scary that you kind of doubt that you can do, but you're able to motivate yourself through it and get yourself over the finish line, not only will that show people what you can do, but it'll give you so much confidence stepping into a bigger role because you'll have gone through this cycle of stepping into something messy, whether it's a complicated project, something you've never done before, partnering with a really challenging stakeholder, like whatever the messy thing is, you're going to know, oh, I've done that, right? Rather than knowing inside, oh, I've been avoiding that. So when you confront the messy thing, you generate that proof and that evidence for yourself that you can do it and that you can step into things that feel really big and feel like a big expansion for you and you can get them over the finish line to the other end. Okay, the last one here, this one is so important. This one I believe is really responsible for a lot of my professional success in the corporate space. And this last step is to elevate the quality of your written and oral communication. So when you become a strong communicator, it distinguishes you so much in your career, especially as you get to higher levels of leadership. 
there is so much that happens in a room with other people as you become more and more senior. So more of your time is spent in meetings, talking with stakeholders, talking with other people than is spent at your desk, which means that communication becomes a bigger and bigger component of how you deliver in your job, whether it's communicating a project that needs to get done, whether it's communicating the results of a piece of work that you did, whether it's communicating something that's in process so that you can get people to collaborate and support and help you. Whatever it is, though, a lot of your execution is going to happen in the form of communication and often in the form of being in rooms with other people versus being done individually, like at your desk or by yourself. This means that the higher quality your written and oral communication is, the more effective you're going to be when you can clearly explain to people what is needed or what is going to happen or what the results of the work that you've done means. When you can clearly communicate that to people, you're going to get a higher level of buy-in, a higher level of collaboration, and your projects are going to not only move along more smoothly, but you're going to be seen as more competent, more in control, more of a sophisticated leader. And I will do an entire separate episode on stepping into executive communication and elevating your communication to an executive level and some of the things that you should be thinking about with the quality of your written and oral communication. But what I'll say is that this is more accessible than you think. I think when people hear the phrase executive communication, they freak out and they're like, Like, that sounds scary. That sounds hard. That sounds like something that I can't do. And the truth is so much of elevating the quality of your written and oral communications is about simplifying and making everything simple and easy for your audience to understand. And the more you do this, not only do you become more effective in your role, but it really elevates your reputation because people see you, they see you speaking, they see you sharing, they see you communicating, and it makes sense. It clicks in their minds quickly. They don't get confused. They don't feel lost. They don't feel like they don't understand what you're saying. They're able to take it in. And when they're able to take it in, they have a better experience. And when they have a better experience, They perceive the actual work and the actual content as being of a higher quality, right? Our perception of things affects how we experience it. I read this book, Predictably Irrational by Dan Ariely. So good. So good. It's all about like sociology and how humans, we think we're rational, but we're not. And we do really weird things. And he kind of walks you through all these different studies that he's done and experiments that he's done to prove this. But one of them is like about expectation. And when people, if people like walk into, let's say, a bar or restaurant expecting that the beer is going to be really fancy, they'll give the beer like a higher rating than if they walk into like a less fancy place and they drink the same exact beer, like they'll perceive it as not as good. And the same effect happens at work with the quality of your communication and the content itself. When your communication is really clean and easy to understand, people will automatically perceive your work as being of higher quality, right? It's just like when you're in the fancy restaurant, our brains think that the beer tastes better because we're in the fancy restaurant. Is that rational? No. Is it how brains work? Yes. This is why communication matters so much. It is the packaging. It is one of the things that impact how people take you in and how they take in the work that you're doing. 
So it's not rational, but I want you to put yourself in the audience's shoes. Do you want to hear from someone who's really crisp and easy to understand and simple and organized? Or do you want to hear from someone whose communication is not as crisp and not as easy to understand and not as organized, right? Even if the content is exactly the same, you're always going to lean towards the person who is easier to understand. And so I want you to become that person. And like I said, I've got more coming out specifically on how to do that. But for today's episode, those are really the four pieces that I suggest you start thinking about and focusing on if you are interested in elevating into a bigger role in your career. And don't don't talk yourself out of it, right? Don't let your mind start coming up with all the fearful thoughts and excuses about like why this isn't for you and why this isn't going to work out and why you're not competent enough and confident enough. Part of being a leader means being willing to believe, being willing to take a risk, being willing to step into the unknown. And the first, your first foundational step of leadership is believing in yourself and stepping into the unknown of your own career path. Like if you can't do that for yourself, then how can you do that for a team of people when they're feeling overwhelmed and lost and struggling to believe that they can do it, right? As their leader, you need to be willing to take that journey of like, well, this feels scary, but I'm just going to try my best and believe. You need to be willing and able to do that so that you can guide them through that as well. And so that brings us to the end of today's episode. If you want to go deeper into written and oral communication, by the way, check out my free video course. It's called Speak Like a CEO. And I teach you the foundational skills for really standing out and making a powerful impression in a meeting room. And it will get you started on your journey of like elevating your communication to best in class. And it's very simple. It's something that anyone can do. It's not overly complicated. And it's a super fun video course, which is different than the podcast, right? So I will link that below. You can get it at justguzzitcoaching.com slash free resources. And if you are seeking support when it comes to advancing professionally and if getting to that next level of leadership or management is super important to you and you're ready to spend six months dedicated time to focusing on getting yourself ready and positioning yourself for what is next for you professionally, I would love to invite you to work with me one-on-one. This is something that I have helped so many of my clients with, and most of them came into the coaching with doubts and fears and insecurities about whether they really could take their career in the direction they actually wanted. And I've watched so many women move through that doubt and get to a role and a level and a position and a compensation that didn't seem possible for them. It's so easy to talk yourself out of it and not let yourself fully step into that expansion when you're doing it alone. And if you find that that's something that you're doing, you're talking yourself out of it, you're not really allowing yourself to reach for more, I would love to support you in getting out of that pattern and getting yourself into the role and onto the path that you truly want. To learn more about working with me, head over to justguzzitcoaching.com slash coaching. I will pop that down in the show notes. And that brings us to the end for today. I hope you love this episode. This was really fun to record. I hope you're having 
a decent start to the year. I'm kind of losing my mind a little bit with the pandemic. Like it's getting really, really, really hard. And I don't talk about this that much on the show because I don't know. I just like don't think about that. I'm I'm so much like in work mode and thinking about work topics. But it's been a really hard year. And I really thought that this was going to be the year that things would wind down. And it's been tough seeing that that's not necessarily the case yet. I'm recording this in January. So by the time this episode comes out, we'll see. Sometimes I will say something about the pandemic. And then the episode comes out, you know, a few weeks after I recorded it. And what I said is completely irrelevant and doesn't make sense. (laughs) That happened in the beginning of season six. The first episode of this season, I recorded before the Omicron surge. And it did not make sense for what was happening when the episode actually came out. So let's hope that I'm really distressed about the pandemic now, but then by the time this episode comes out, the pandemic is over. Yeah, that's not going to happen, but one can hope. We can be optimistic, right? Anyway, all this is to say is I hope you're doing okay. Please take care of your mental health. Take some time for some quiet. Take some time to just be with yourself to take some deep breaths to just give yourself a little bit of a reprieve because if there's one thing that I can tell you just from supporting people being a coach going into companies and doing workshops and just seeing a lot of what people are experiencing is that people are really really stressed so just take care of yourself and give yourself a little bit of space as we continue to march forward during this really challenging time okay have a beautiful week have a beautiful day And I'll catch you next week.